Reading from the Epistle of the Blessed Paul the Apostle to the Ephesians. Brethren, acquire a new, a spiritual way of thinking, and put on that new man who has been created in the image of God with a justice and holiness that comes from truth. And so renouncing falsehood, let everyone speak the truth to his neighbor, for we are members of one another. If you are angry, let it be without sin. The sun must not go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opening. The man who has been stealing must steal no longer. Rather, let him work with his hands at honest toil, so as to have something to share with those who are in need. From the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. At that time, Jesus began to address the chief priests and the Pharisees using parables. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to the situation of a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He dispatched his slaves to summon the invited guests to the wedding, but they refused to come. A second time, he dispatched other slaves, saying, Tell those who were invited, Look, I have my dinner prepared. My bullocks and corn-fed cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding. Some of them ignored the invitation and went their way, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest seized his slaves, insulted them, and killed them. Now the king became angry and sent his army, which destroyed those murderers and burnt their city. Then he said to his slaves, The banquet is ready, but those who were invited proved unworthy. Therefore go out to the country roads and invite to the wedding anyone you find. So those slaves went out on the roads and collected all the people they found, bad as well as good, till the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he caught sight of a man there who had not properly dressed for a wedding. My friend, he said to him, How is it you came in here not properly dressed? But he had nothing to say. Then the king told the attendants, Tie him up, hand and foot, throw him into the darkness outside, where he will wail and gnash his teeth. For while many are called, few are chosen. Praise to you, O Lord Christ. Be seated. So we celebrate this 19th Sunday after Pentecost. The tabernacle candle in the church burns this week in loving memory of Marjorie Ann LaVille. The second collection this weekend is for security. The collection is taken up three times per year and helps pay for off-duty police protection of our campus during the Sunday Masses and the Saturday Vigil Mass as well. The Tuesday 5.30 p.m. Latin Mass scheduled for this week has been canceled. We inadvertently, the priests who know the Latin Mass, all decided to go on retreat together back in May. And we're reaping the fruits of that now, and that we'll all be on retreat for a few days, uh, and no priest able to offer the Mass here. Um, and so uh, pray for more vocations, and pray for, for more priests to learn the traditional rite. The Thursday Mass will be offered as scheduled for Our Lady of the Holy Rosary. For anyone who still intends to bring donated goods for the Hurricane Ida relief, uh, we'd ask you to bring them to the parish office no later than this Thursday at noon. Uh, We'll be making a trip down to New Orleans to bring those goods to the seminary. uh, The seminarians are going out and continuing to assist those who are in need with recovery efforts as well. 
Our RCIA program is currently meeting on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. We invite anyone who is interested in becoming Catholic, considering becoming Catholic, or curious about the Catholic faith to attend these weekly meetings, uh, which are a a small group setting uh, to be able to to learn about the faith, to ask questions about the faith, and to grow together by virtue of the gift of prayer. You're welcome to call the parish office for more information. And for the, the men of our parish who are not called to the married life or not Uh, Not already in the married state. There's a vocations discernment retreats coming up. One at the college, uh, one of the college seminaries, St. Ben's in Covington. One at the graduate seminary, Notre Dame in New Orleans. Another one just for open for anyone discerning. Um, So I invite the gentlemen here to look at those, uh, to look at those flyers for more information. This Holy Mass is being offered for Elizabeth Lockwood. In the gospel today, we hear our Lord speaking about the nuptial banquet that has been prepared. This parable of the king who has slaughtered his, uh, his corn-fed cattle. I love the, it got really specific in, district, in description there of the feed of the cattle, the corn-fed cattle in which the king has prepared. But everything is ready. They're simply waiting. The Lord, of course, is reminding us that this is the people of Israel, the ones who had received the invitation, the firstborn, the chosen people, the ones whom God had destined to be the light to the nations, to share the gospel of God with everyone, to draw them to him. But ultimately, in so many ways, they failed. Rather than leading others to God, they led their God away and fell worshiping false gods. It was a foolishness on their part, and it cost many dearly. And our Lord is using this parable to let those of their own day, of his, of his day, know that something new is about to take place. The invitations that have been extended have been rejected. The people that the Lord desired to, spare, to, to spread the good news have politely declined. They've said, They are busy about so many things. They have not the time. And so, the Lord sends those who are, whoever can be found, essentially. Reminded of us that Flannery O'Connor said, whenever the church comes, here comes everybody. It's that that foolishness uh, that, that, that the church allows everyone to be here. The universality. That we're not just a, a, particular, a particular portion of the cloth of humanity, but we are all of us. And so the slaves are sent out by the king to gather up anyone who is out there willing to come to the feast. If you're willing to serve, come. And so they come, and they assist at the great feast. This is a sign to us that we are the ones to whom the Lord has gone out as Paul and Peter and the other twelve went out to go proclaim the good news, to proclaim the gospel, and to call all to come to know the goodness of knowing Christ, to know the goodness of of his salvation that he offers to us, to know baptism and the rest of the sacraments that follow. Many, many responded. Thousands responded in those initial calls from Paul and Peter and the others. 
Baptisms were in great number as the people responded to the invitation to the wedding feast that is the church, that is, in the end, eternal joy. But there is the one man who comes, and he's not dressed in the wedding garment. He's cast outside of the darkness where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. And it seems a harsh thing. I mean, the man responded to the invitation after all, did he not? Why is it that he should be cast out? Why is it that the king, recognizing his willingness to have traveled likely from a good ways off, how is it that this man is now deserving of being cast out to the wedding because he didn't have a suit on, effectively? And the reality that our Lord is trying to convey is the fact that when the man came, nothing happened. He didn't change. And while we can recognize that in the, in the sense of the external, that he didn't put on a wedding garment, we recognize that it is the spiritual that our Lord is speaking to us here in all of these things. That the man didn't change interiorly. He came to the feast only for himself. He cared nothing for the bridegroom and the bride, nothing for the celebration. He was not prepared. He was not willing to do something different. And this is the call of the gospel, to do something different. If we simply enter into this life and remain as we are, if we come into the church and nothing changes about us, if we call ourselves Christians, if we call ourselves Catholics, but nothing changes within us, if we are the same same yesterday, if we are the same ten years ago as we are today, something is missing. There's to be something happening within us, a continuous conversion. Conversion is not a one-time thing. If your conversion is a one-time thing, I would invite you to seek a second one, and a third one, and a fourth one after that, and as many as the Lord will provide to you. A daily converting of our hearts, a daily turning of our hearts towards the Lord, which means a turning from ourselves, turning from our sin, casting off the old man, casting off the old clothing, putting on something new, putting on Christ. There's a temptation sometimes when we come into the church, we experience a first conversion, we spend our renewal, and we come back to the church, we can come back to the faith, or we can come alive for the, in the faith for the first time and can seem that, that that is enough. But our Lord always says, Come higher. Come higher. When we become content with where we are, we become like the man who doesn't change his clothes. We remain simply in the manner that we are comfortable. But our Lord calls us to holiness. Our Lord calls us not to let the sun set on our sins. Not to let the sun set, right? It's usually just, what, no more than... No more than 12, 15 hours away if you start right off at the bat. If you start sinning at 6 o'clock in the morning, you got, what, 12 hours or so? Set your house in order. Do not allow sin to remain. Don't allow our weaknesses of the flesh to remain. Rather, to turn to our Lord, to turn to His grace, to turn to the sacraments, to turn to Him in prayer, and to know that He will change us. It may not happen quickly. It may not happen uh, in the manner that we would expect or the time that we would desire. 
But if we continue to persevere in seeking after our Lord and asking for that grace to be converted to him continually, he will do it. He will not be deaf to our cries because this is the thing that he desires. He wants us at the feast. He wants us in the garment. He wants us to be able to celebrate the fact that our life has become a living witness of his power, of his goodness, of his mercy, of his glory. And to the extent that we remain as we are, unwilling to change, we shortchange the world of seeing what God can do in a heart and in a soul. But when we allow him to touch our hearts, when we open ourselves to him in the sacraments, when we receive his grace, it does something. It changes us. And those around us, little by little, over time, will begin to see. And it is not for ourselves that we rejoice in this. It is for God, for God's glory, for his goodness and his mercy that are working in us. And so as we offer this Holy Mass, we recognize that we have come here, we have been invited to the feast, and we have responded. We have shown up. But let us ensure also that we wear the garments, that we clothe ourselves in Christ, seeking to turn away from the things of old, from the weaknesses and sins of our flesh, to be filled with the grace of Christ, to rejoice in this feast that we have here, and to rejoice in that feast that will never cease in eternity.